0: Welcome to the St. Barnabas Pocket Sermon Podcast. The sermon you're about to listen to is from the Rev. Karen Haig from the 13th Sunday after Pentecost.
1: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood Abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which our ancestors ate and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard this, they said, this teaching is difficult, who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, does this offend you? then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you are those, some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones who did not believe, and who were the ones that that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord this
0: is our last week. Immersing ourselves in John's mysterious and mystical gospel. Our last week to dwell on abiding in Jesus and Jesus abiding in us. Our last week of reflecting on the indissoluble connection between bread and the bread of life. While we might have have had to work hard at finding something new each of these last five weeks, It has been good to be steeped in these particular words. Our reading this morning began with eating and drinking and abiding, which is all fairly familiar to us by now, but by the end, things had changed. The thousands who had been following Jesus were beginning to wonder about what they had gotten themselves into. This teaching is difficult, who? can accept it. There were some who had already left it all behind. Jesus knew there were others in the crowd who were scandalized by his teachings and still others who would betray him outright. And so he turned to Peter, who often stands in for the disciples, who often stands in for us, and asks, what about you? Does this offend you too? Do these difficult words make you want to go away? Jesus actually says a lot of things that are difficult to accept. We hear them in scripture. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And sometimes we hear difficult words from Jesus in our prayers. I know about this. Some of you have heard me say that I am too tender for this work. My whole life long, people have told me that I need to get a thicker skin. And for most of my life, I believed them. It was just that I didn't know how to do that. You know me. You see the way your hurts and your heartaches affect me. You see the way unkindness breaks my heart. You see the way Jesus cracks my heart open. And you know that sometimes, no matter how hard I try to hold it together, I am going to cry in front of God and everyone right in the middle of my sermon. I used to feel very embarrassed about that. I used to think surely You should be able to keep it together well enough to get through the sermon or the hymn or the prayer. Sometimes I still feel like that and pretty much I always wish I would not cry. A thicker skin would, I'm sure, make things easier. When I went to the Holy Land with a couple of bishops and a whole parcel of clergy a few years back, I found that to be a very emotional place. Walking on paths Jesus walked is profoundly emotional. Visiting an orphanage, playing with children who have suffered unspeakable things is profoundly emotional. Kneeling at the place Jesus was born, at the place he was crucified, is profoundly emotional the hatred people have for each other in the Holy Land is profoundly emotional. And my father was very ill and a world away, and that was profoundly emotional too. A few days into our trip, we visited Bethlehem and stayed just across the road from the Church of the Nativity. If you've ever been to the Holy Land, you know that there's a giant church built on top of every single sacred site. We'd been in that church that morning, then off to visit the shepherd's field where shepherds watch their flocks by night all seated on the ground. We'd return to our hotel and with some time on our hands, we were able to do what we wanted to do before dinner. I went back to the church to pray. I had spent much of the night before on the phone with my sister trying to figure out if I should leave Palestine and return home to be with her and with our dad. So I was tired, exhausted actually, and all my defenses were down. As I sat down to pray in that huge empty church, somewhere in the distance, a woman began singing a haunting Kyrie. It wasn't part of a service. It was simply one lone, beautiful voice, singing, pleading, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. I dropped my head into my hands and I began to cry. And then I began to pray. Please God, I prayed, give me a thicker skin. Help me to be strong, help me to be brave. I cannot keep crying my way through this trip with all of these bishops and perfectly put together priests. Help me to be strong. Help me to be brave. Help me to stop crying. Help me. And then I heard a voice. It wasn't loud, but it was strong and firm and clear. The voice said, no, Karen, no, you will be the one who cries. This teaching is difficult, who can accept it? But cry I did, I cried and cried and while I did not like my assignment, while I would much have preferred to be one of the perfectly put together priests, I am the one who cries. Would it be easier for me to do my work, to live my life, to share your lives if I had a thicker skin? Probably, but I don't. In that late afternoon, all alone but for the voice crying out for mercy in the church built on the very place where Jesus was born, God sanctified my tenderness and made it holy with tears. I'm grateful for that, because this teaching is still difficult for me to accept. When our prayers are answered in God's way rather than our own way, when things are hard or hard to understand, it's difficult to accept our circumstances, let alone welcome them. That's the place many of Jesus' followers found themselves in after all this time of Jesus talking about himself as the bread of life, talking about eating flesh and drinking blood. This teaching is hard, they said. Who can accept it? Apparently, a lot of them couldn't accept it because many of his followers turned back and no longer traveled with him. What about you, Jesus asked Peter. Have I offended you, too? Do you also want to leave? Even though Peter was beginning to understand that this path was not an easy path, he did not wish to leave. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And still, the crowd that had once been 5,000 was down to 12. It would be easy to be disheartened by this, wouldn't it? I mean, if that had been your church going from 5,000 people to 12 in just a matter of weeks, you might choose some different words or maybe get a praise band or something. (laughs) Of course, this is a very loose interpretation of what is happening, but the point remains. People leave the church now or never come to church to begin with. For all sorts of petty reasons, but also for one very big reason. If we take Jesus at his word, the way, his way, can be very, very hard. Peter knew, and sometimes somewhere inside ourselves, we know too that even though the way is hard, our souls will only be satisfied when we abide in God and God abides in us. St. Augustine said it beautifully. Our hearts are restless, O God. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And in order to rest in God, we have to surrender our control over things. It's the only way we can get free. At first glance, surrender might not seem like freedom, but it is. Surrender is something we actually can do. Controlling things is something we actually cannot do. Being in control is always an illusion. Mr. Jones, I'm calling about the results of your biopsy. I'm sorry, I've fallen in love with someone else. Ms. Anderson, we're holding your son in jail. No, Karen, you will be the one who cries. We are not in control. We cannot control the world around us, and yet we spend so much of our lives trying to do exactly that. That's the reason some people prefer religion to God. Religion is full of rules, and we like that because we can make the rules and behave by the rules and measure ourselves by the rules. We even think we can control other people by the rules because when people don't follow the rules, whether those rules are spoken or unspoken, we can punish the rule breakers by talking badly about them behind their backs or by turning our backs on them. Rules we can control. The Holy Spirit, not so much. Compassion, tenderness, forgiveness, vulnerability, The way of Jesus is so hard compared to the way of the world. Yet where else would we go? Coming together as a community of faith, a community of people learning together to follow the way of Jesus of Nazareth, a Eucharistic community that is broken and blessed and given for the life of the world is not a place I can walk away from. Where else would I go? Where would you? Whether we're taking the first tiny steps of faith or we're deeply steeped in Christian faith, our home is in God and we will only ever be satisfied when we abide in God and God abides in us. And that, my dears, has everything to do with surrender. Take, bless, break, give. It's what Jesus did with the bread when he fed those 5,000 hungry people. It's what he does over and over again in the world and in our lives. It's what we ask for when I pray God to pour out your spirit upon these gifts that they may be the body and blood of your son. Breathe your spirit over the whole earth and make us your new creation the body of Christ given for the world you have made. We are surrendering in that moment. We are asking to be made God's new creation. Take, bless, break, give. It's what we are to do with our lives too. To live this way is to live eucharistically, offering that same sort of heartfelt hospitality Jesus offers, loving every outcast and sinner that ever was or ever will be. To live eucharistically is to be filled to overflowing with the God who loves us with absolute abandon and to surrender our lives to the God who abides in us and offers us perfect freedom in that surrendering. Please pray with me. All to you now I surrender. All to you I freely give. I a child content sheltered held in your embrace I live I surrender all I surrender all in this place and in this Все.